What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. In this valuable video I share a little known way that you can increase the yield from your dividend portfolio. I'm also going to share a warning about a particular brokerage that you should be aware of. And if you appreciate free dividend investing content then please hit that thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet and click the bell notification. Now recently we were chatting on my free dividend discord chat server and the topic of lending out dividend stocks for more income came up. I originally thought you could only lend stocks if you had a margin account, but then someone said they got enrolled without a margin account, so I thought I'd dive a bit deeper into things. At a high level what happens is your brokerage firm helps you loan your stocks to either another brokerage firm or to an investor, and then you get some cash for doing so. There are some risks and requirements to be aware of, and I'll share everything I found out. Schwab has a good FAQ about stock lending that helps explain things. It says, Most investors purchase a stock hoping it will rise in value, but short sellers want the opposite. Traders who believe a company is headed for a rough patch may try to short the stock, effectively speculating against the company's fortunes. To do so, they borrow shares and immediately sell them, with the goal of repurchasing them later at a lower price before returning them to the lender. In order to profit from the potential discrepancy between the two prices, short sellers must first find shares to borrow, which is where securities lending comes in. Such programs allow individual clients to lend in-demand stocks to the broker, who then lends the shares to short sellers with interest. The main benefit of stock lending is in its income potential. If your shares are loaned out, which may or may not happen based on market demand, then you'll earn interest daily, including weekends and holidays, which you'll typically split with your broker. Most brokerage, retirement, and trust accounts are eligible, and you can terminate the agreement or sell your shares at any time, even if they're on loan. Now one risk I see, which isn't called out here, is what happens in those rare cases that a stock shoots up in value on something that is being shorted. Short sellers may exit their investment pushing it even higher, causing a short squeeze, and things like this can really hurt even large companies and big investors. So I wonder what happens if there's a massive short squeeze which becomes too large to handle. I'm guessing that's not realistically going to happen that a brokerage defaults on its obligations under the stock lending program, causing it to be unable to return the securities it borrowed, but I thought I'd mention it. I did find an interesting quote about stock lending from a senior manager at Schwab named Cameron Creel who said, Stock lending can be an attractive way to boost total returns from a long-term investment. That being said, it's important to note that loan securities are not covered by SIPC, which safeguards customers if their investment firm fails. Instead, some firms, including Schwab, post cash collateral to be held in custody for the client in the event of default. Cameron went on to say, Investment firm failures are rare but can happen, so it's important to have this kind of protection as part of a securities lending program. So the concept of stock lending seemed kind of neat to me, so I decided I'd look into what my broker Fidelity has to say about it, as that's where I hold my multi-million US dollar dividend portfolio. It turns out Fidelity offers a lending shares for income service that they call their fully paid lending program, which provides you with the opportunity to lend securities in your portfolio and earn income. What happens is that when there is demand for your stock, like due to short selling or low supply, then Fidelity may borrow certain of your eligible securities until either you or Fidelity elect to close the loan. If securities are on loan, you maintain full economic ownership of the securities and may sell the securities at any time. However, your voting rights are relinquished and you may receive substitute cash payments in lieu of distributions such as interest or dividend payments, which could be taxed at different rates than shares not on loan. I'll expand on all that in a moment. Fidelity calls out three key points of lending out your tickers. Number one is that you can earn incremental income, where you receive income from Fidelity on any borrowed securities, income which accrues daily and is credited to your account monthly. Number two, they say that you maintain full economic ownership of your stocks, so you can sell your shares or recall the loan at any time. 
Number three, they let you monitor activity on the lending process online, which lets you see what the lending interest rates are, what stocks you've lent out, and stuff like that. Now, Fidelity has one key requirement, which is that any brokerage account you want to enroll for securities lending must be worth at least 25 grand. And here's an infographic Fidelity created on how the process works. At a high level, you enroll online and opt in, and then if Fidelity lends your stocks out, you can start earning extra income. Each broker will have a slightly different process and requirements to lend stocks, but once you understand the concept, then you can determine if it's something you might want to try. I found the enrollment link on Fidelity after I searched for fully paid lending, though on Robinhood they call it stock lending, and apparently Robinhood requires users interested in stock lending to have an account value of at least $5,000 and at least $25,000 in reported income, or any trading experience other than none. Note I also read that Robinhood flags accounts for pattern day trading, and these flagged accounts are not eligible for stock lending. I looked into what Vanguard does, and sure enough they had a fully paid lending program. But I also saw an article that said, at this time, the offer is available to self-directed Vanguard investors with a minimum of $5 million in assets. So if that's accurate, then they really raise the bar on who can be part of their lending program, though I bet over time they'll relax the requirements. This got me thinking that one of the reasons Vanguard expense ratios are so low is probably because they utilize security lending revenue to help drive down their management fees. Okay, back to Fidelity. So after you click on the stock lending stuff, it then asks you some questions to ensure you're eligible to join based on Fidelity's requirements. Fidelity said that they may lend your shares if you have a margin account that has a debit balance or margin requirements related to short equity or option positions. Apparently industry regulations allow brokerage firms to lend up to 140% of your margin debit balance and or your short margin requirements. For example, if you have a $1,000 debit balance, then brokerage firms can choose to lend up to $1,400 of market value of securities in your account. Here's a screenshot Fidelity put together highlighting an example of how you get paid. So each month you can be paid cash that is automatically credited to your Fidelity account in question. Lending interest rates are variable and may change at any time based on market conditions. So in this example they showed that if 10,000 shares were loaned at a market price of $10 per share, which is a market value of 100 grand, and the lending interest rate was 7.5%, then your extra monthly income might be about 625 bucks, which is an additional 7.5% yield. Of course, the actual lending rate will depend on a bunch of factors, and there is no guarantee that even if you offer up your tickers that you'll automatically get selected to lend them out. Okay, and then here's an example from TD Ameritrade's website. They wrote that TD Ameritrade will charge borrowers for the loan and collect fees that will be shared with the enrolled client in a 50-50 split. Income will be paid on a monthly basis. They used a hypothetical income example based on a 360-day annualized lending rate of 10.5%. So like a person loans $50,000 of shares, which at a 10.5% rate, yields $14.58 a day or $437 a month, which UNTD would split 50-50, which would be $218 a month each, which is an additional 5.25% yield on those shares. Not bad. So stocks with low availability and high demand are typically the most likely to result in higher earnings for the stock lender, since they're most likely to get borrowed by other parties. Thus, I'd guess that meme stocks probably have more income potential than good stocks, but I'd personally avoid meme stocks. And for reference, I looked up the 10 most shorted stocks in 2023 and saw a bunch of companies I didn't own, but as I look beyond the top 10 you can find tons of solid companies that get shorted, including Apple, Microsoft, JPM, Visa, etc. Anyways, there are some important things to be aware of that Fidelity calls out to help you decide if you want to risk lending out your shares. So I mentioned that when you loan your shares out, they're not covered under SIPC, which normally protects you in the event of the loss of cash or securities. I mean, if you had SIPC coverage, then in the unlikely event that your brokerage collapses, you probably wouldn't lose all the money you invested. But if you lend out your shares, then SIPC doesn't help you. 
But Fidelity says they provide collateral at a minimum of 100% of the loan value, and they say that in any lending transaction, there is counterparty default risk, and anything is possible with investing. Like did we ever think Lehman Brothers or Enron would collapse? Anyways, it looks like if Fidelity were to default on its obligations as defined in the agreement, then you would have the right to withdraw the collateral from the custodian bank in the manner they described. And in the event that you make a withdrawal request, the bank would transfer an amount equal to your current collateral amount, or such lesser amount as you may have requested, to your specified delivery instructions. If you were to choose to use the collateral proceeds to repurchase securities, this would be considered a new purchase and potentially a taxable event. I read that Fidelity will adjust the collateral each day to account for mark-to-market and additional lending activity. Mark-to-market is a method of measuring the fair value of accounts that can fluctuate over time and aims to provide a realistic appraisal of an institution's or company's current financial situation based on current market conditions. So one conclusion I'd have is that people with very short-term liquidity needs should not consider lending stocks. And along the same vein, if you're more of a trader rather than an investor, and you're constantly buying and selling stocks, then lending your shares probably wouldn't make much sense. Or if you know you're going to be selling your shares soon, then I'd not look into stock lending. Another big thing to be aware of is how dividends work. This says, Dividends paid on securities borrowed by Fidelity pursuant to the fully paid lending program will be credited to your Fidelity account in the form of a cash-in-lieu payment if shares are borrowed over a dividend record date. Receipt of cash-in-lieu payments may have different taxable consequences than receipt of the actual dividends from the issuer. What I believe that means is that instead of a normal cash dividend you'd get in a taxable account, you'd instead get a cash distribution which may be taxed differently. Like it will be at ordinary income tax rates, which are worse than the tax rates you'd get from qualified dividends held for the appropriate amount of time, at least in taxable accounts. Those cash in lieu dividend payments may show up being called manufacturer dividends or something like that on your brokerage statement. Now, if you were lending shares in your retirement account, then I don't think it would matter, though I've never done it myself to speak from experience. Fidelity continues on by saying, in order to mitigate the impact of cash in lieu payments to taxable accounts, Fidelity may return shares prior to a dividend record date. So it sounds like Fidelity may temporarily unlend your shares before the record date to try to avoid this potential taxation issue, but that's not guaranteed. They continue on by saying, to help offset the potential tax burden associated with the receipt of cash in lieu payments in place of qualified dividends, Fidelity will credit participating taxable accounts with an additional credit adjustment equal to 26.98% of the qualified portion of the distribution. This adjustment will occur annually after all reclassification information is made available. Anyways, tax laws change and get extended all the time, so I'd dig into specifics with Fidelity or whomever your brokerage is with so that you can understand everything about lending stocks. And of course, beyond potentially worse tax implications, you also may have more complicated taxes to the point that maybe it's not even worth doing. Okay, and then another issue that Fidelity called out with stock lending was how you lose your voting rights when you lend shares. Fidelity says that if you wish to act on an upcoming vote, you must contact your financial rep and recall the securities on loan, as described in the agreement. Fidelity will attempt to return the securities prior to the record date of the proxy. So basically, you don't normally get to vote on shares you lend out, but if you really want to, then you can contact them and try to unlend your shares, so to speak. So is lending worth doing? Well, that's something you've got to figure out for yourself. It is kind of cool that you could make some passive income on non-dividend stock by lending them out. Anyways, I did some research to see what sorts of opinions are out there about lending stocks, and I found this U.S. news article titled, Why Lending Your Shares is a Good Option. A finance professor is quoted in the article, explaining why he thinks lending stocks is an excellent idea. He said, If you believe that a stock will rise, over say 2-5 to five years, why not make the rebate rate in addition to the return? Long holders are optimistic, and if they can make money from idiot short sellers, then go for it. And then a registered investment advisor named C.H. Brott, 
who's the founder of Capital Ideas, said that generating additional income from share lending is beneficial for investors. And I read that you can also lend ETFs out, not just single stocks. Plus, in case you're wondering, I saw this note on Wealthsimple that says, when you lend your fully paid securities, you continue to own the securities and you continue to have the market exposure inherent in ownership of the securities, i.e. if the market price increases while you own the securities but are lending them out, your equity in the position will increase. If the price goes down, your equity will decrease. Additionally, since lending fees are adjusted to the daily market value of securities loaned, market downturns may lead to lower lending revenues than initially anticipated and collateral amounts seem to move with the market as well. Plus, be aware that Fidelity gets some moolah when you lend shares. In fact, all brokerages split the revenue when you lend shares, though they may also have their own requirements. Schwab's has an eligibility of at least $100,000 portfolio to qualify to lend stocks for extra income. So overall, I think lending is interesting, and that leads me to a warning I heard regarding M1 based on something on Reddit, so it may not be accurate, but I thought I'd share. The Redditor said, M1 Finance slash Apex will opt you into securities lending. This has significant tax implications in a taxable brokerage as dividends are then deemed non-qualified regardless of how long you held the shares. He also mentioned that well-known brokerages like Schwab and E-Trade and Fidelity don't automatically enroll you in lending shares. So I started looking into things and apparently if you don't want to be auto-enrolled into lending your stocks on M1, then you need to email them and ask specifically to opt your account out. I did a search on M1 and found this article that was updated a few months ago. It says 10% of the revenue earned from lending out your shares is passed along to you. So another bad part about that is that most brokerages I looked up did 50-50 splits after you opt in, unlike M1 that was forcing you an opt in and only giving you 10%. M1's documentation says, if your stocks receive a dividend when loaned through fully paid securities lending, you may receive a substitute dividend amount, also known as a dividend in lieu. Although the payment amount is the same, substitute payments in lieu of dividends are non-qualified and will be reported on Tax Form 1099 MISC. So that sucks, and beyond not auto-enrolling people, I feel they should make it more obvious that your dividends might not be taxed as good as they could be. That's if I understand this correctly. There may also be a positive in this of potentially getting more yield than you otherwise would, though if it's still a net benefit when taxes are taken into consideration, I don't know. And for reference, to unenroll in M1 security lending, you send an email to help at m1.com and support at m1finance.com with securities lending opt-out as the subject line. I decided I'd dig into things a bit more, and so I looked at the M1 account agreement. I closed my M1 account a while ago, so I'm not sure if this is the same agreement I originally signed up with. But down on pages 7 and 8 of the agreement, it says, M1 participates in a fully paid securities lending program with Apex, as governed by the Master Securities Lending Agreement entered into between M1 and Apex. As an M1 customer, you will be automatically enrolled in the securities lending program, and by selecting I agree during the account opening process, you agree to the terms and conditions of the master securities lending agreement, as may be amended from time to time. So it looks like they auto-enroll you in it, and it may be a way for them to make more money. My guess is that they might only lend from larger accounts, but regardless, that turns me off to them as it doesn't feel up and up enough. And while it is incumbent upon us to read agreements before signing them, I don't feel it's reasonable to get this deep into the details to know that you're automatically opted in. My advice, if I'm understanding this correctly, would be for M1 to stop automatic enrollment and instead have a separate opt-in like other brokers I reviewed and additionally make it a 50-50 rev share. If anyone at M1 sees this, then please feel to correct me if I'm mistaken, at which point I'll add an update in the pinned comment and or in the description of the video, or if I'm correct, then consider my suggestion. I also found that some brokers may automatically opt you into the lending program if you open a margin account with them, so that's something else to be aware of. 
Note, I did talk to someone on my Discord who used Zem1, and he looked at his September statement, and it had some strange language he hadn't noticed before. It said something like, The IRS requires broker-dealers to treat dividend payments on loan securities positions as a substitute payment in lieu of a dividend. So bottom line, maybe it's nothing, but I'd still recommend that M1 users look into things to make sure they understand what's going on. Anyways, as I was researching this video, I found an article from BlackRock that I feel is worth sharing. The heading is, What makes BlackRock's security lending different? And they go on to say, Since BlackRock's lending program started in 1981, only three borrowers with active loans have defaulted. In each case, BlackRock was able to repurchase every security out on loan with collateral on hand and without any losses to our clients. So that sounds promising. Then I found this article on Morningstar from 2018 that concluded that securities lending is less risky today than in the past. All told, we believe the benefits of securities lending to fund holders outweigh the risks. But just recognize that black swan events can always happen. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but just be aware. Like I found this article that was over a decade old on Forbes called Securities Lending Meltdown. It tells a story of Joseph Diebold, 70, of Louisiana, who spent three decades working in an Exxon chemical plant and how he socked away savings in a 401k for all that time, much of it going into index funds. But then in the 2008 financial crash, his nest egg got crushed, like everyone else's. Even so, it struck Diebold as odd that many funds of his seemed to do a bit worse than the indexes they supposedly tracked. Like his SP500 fund, for example, lagged its benchmark by 11 basis points, which is 0.11%, even before fees. A mortgage-backed securities fund of his lagged by 53 basis points. The cause of the lag was due to sizable losses in securities lending programs that, at best, provided funds with incremental revenues in good times in exchange for what many managers say was sold to them as minimal risk. So basically the middlemen who managed the lending programs made good money, but people like Diebold didn't. The article said that securities lending peaked in 2007 with transactions totaling $5 trillion. That gave rise to a $17 billion pot of money, most of which didn't go to investors. And then I saw a blurb that said security lenders generated $828 million in April 2022 revenue, up 20% from April of 2021. So securities lending is still going strong. Anyways, I've only called out some key risks that exist with lending, so I'm sure there could be others like maybe currency risks if you're lending out international stocks, or who knows what. So what do you guys think? Should I take the risks and maybe put up one of my retirement accounts to try security lending out? Maybe my wife's smaller account is it's only around 5% of our portfolio value? Or should I simply not risk it? Maybe my highly liquid stocks wouldn't even be lent out. If any of you have any experience lending out your stocks, then please leave me a comment telling me about it. And regardless, leave me a comment if you think you'll dig into securities lending more, or leave me a comment if you're not interested in it. And with that, I'd normally end things by telling you who my latest new Patreon aristocrat and king signups are, but I'm still all sold out. So instead, I'd like to thank Seeking Alpha who sponsors me. I paid for their premium membership for years because I valued their articles and associated comments so much, and these days I'd literally never buy or sell a stock without first reviewing what Seeking Alpha had on it. So I recommend you sign up to them using my affiliate link in the description of this video, as using it often comes with benefits for new member signups. Whatever you do, please hit that thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click the bell notification. And I highly recommend that you join my free dividend discord chat server, which has over 11,000 dividend investors on it from 76 countries around the world. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.